Hey G12 family, welcome to our podcast. We are so excited to have you here. We know this message will draw you closer to God's word, his will, and his way wherever you are. Enjoy the message. Lovely wife. And then all of a sudden, um, his wife was like, wait a minute. Is this Carolina, the girl that you said that wanted to beat you up? And I was like, what? You know, in my head, I'm like, what is she talking about? Like, when did I ever want to beat him up? And I stayed with that uncomfortable thought in my mind, and I just started feeling very uncomfortable. And I tried to cut off the conversation really short, but the guy and the wife kept wanting to speak to us. And I just wanted to, like, hide in a hole somewhere. And I'm like, what do I do? It's so embarrassing. And as I was walking away, I started thinking, and I'm like, honey, I don't remember when I wanted to beat up this guy. But then God brought to my memory when we had moved here from New York, we had lived um, in Opalaka. Anybody here from Opalaka? Nobody? Carol City? Hialeah? No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> Little Haiti? No, I'm just joking. No, but I remembered that we used to live in this complex, and I was with my girlfriends, and there was a group of guys, and they started messing with us. But I, don't, I can't remember what was said. All I remember, I kind of remember vaguely that I started telling them, like, whatever, you don't know who I am. I just got here from New York. I'm going to whoop your butt. And my New York accent started coming out. And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get my brother. So I run to get my brother. And I told him what happened. And he comes to my rescue. And I'm like, there's this guy. He's messing with me. But as he's getting closer to where the guys were, he's like, Caro. There's not one guy. There's like about 10 guys here. And you want me to fight for you? But all I can think about was I knew my brother had my back. And no matter what, he was going to fight my battle. And the same way it is with God. God wants to fight your battle. Why don't you say to the person next to you, the battle is not yours. But say it like you mean it. Say the battle is not yours. And that's the title of the message that I'm going to share today. The battle is not yours. And in the book of Exodus, chapter 14, 14, it says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Why don't we repeat that verse together, believing that the Lord will fight for us. Ready? One, two, three. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Do you believe it? Amen. You know, but many times in a situation where we're actually facing a trial or we're going through a hard time in life, what do we do? We try to take matters into our own hands. We try to resolve the problem the way, the way we know best how to do. And what does God do? He just sits back. He's like, okay, fine. You want to resolve the problem your way? I'm going to allow you to resolve your problem the way you want to do. And the same thing happened in the book of Joshua. You know, last week, Pastor Julian preached about, you know, overcoming the walls of Jericho and the Jerichos in your life. And I'm pretty sure that all of us walked out with that confidence knowing that we can defeat anything. And in that time in the Bible, they had victory after victory. The Israelites had miraculous victory after victory. And that's why in Joshua 6, 27, it says, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was spread out throughout the whole land. 
It says that the Lord was with Joshua in everything that he did. And that's why when people heard of the God of Joshua, they were frightened. They were scared because they knew what God was capable of doing. You know, he broke down the walls of Jericho. That was something that seemed impossible, but God still do it. But as you keep reading in the next verse, which becomes the next chapter, the story changes a little bit. It says in Joshua 7, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord, for a man named Achan had stolen some of these dedicated things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. So you might think, how can this be? How can it go from the Lord was with Joshua to now the Lord is mad at the Israelites? And sometimes it's like that because of the sin of one person. It says the sin and the disobedience of who? Of Achan. What did he do? He stole from God. Because in the prior chapters, the Lord told them, you know what? You will defeat Jericho, but you're not allowed to take any of their things. You're not allowed to take any of their plunder, their jewelry, their gold, their silver, their clothes. But what did he do? He took some stuff for himself. And last week, I know that we might have walked out of here with the fire of God, believing that we can overcome anything, believing that we can punch the devil in the face, no matter what circumstances we may be fa facing. And we probably had a lot of confidence knowing that God had our back. But we cannot trust only in that. What we have to trust is in keeping our eyes on God. No matter what the situation is, no matter what circumstance you're facing, we cannot allow our eyes to be set apart from God. And that's why Joshua starts playing the victim. As you keep reading the story in chapter 7, let's see what happens and how Joshua starts playing the victim. In verse 7 of chapter 7, it says, Then Joshua cried out, O sovereign Lord, why do you bring us across the Jordan River if you were going to let the Amorites kill us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side. Look what I can say now, that Israel has fled from its enemies. So Joshua, I can imagine him going up into prayer Saying, God, why? You know, why do you allow us to be defeated by our enemies? If we just had a big victory, God, what's going on? Why am I facing this right now? You know, he was like a big baby crying out, complaining, asking God why. You know, and many times we tend to do the same thing. We try to find that person to blame for our situation. We try to blame someone and that someone can sometimes be God. You know, it's like you say, God, why? You know, why is it that this relationship with this person is not working out? But do you even consult with God before started dating that person and say, God, is this a person that you have for me? Or maybe in your finances, that you're like, God, why is it that I never have enough and that there's always lack and I feel like I work and I work and I just can't have enough? But do you ask God before getting into that car payment, before getting the loan? You know, many times, young people, you know, because I've done it in the past. It's like we go to school, we pick a career, and then we graduate, but we also graduate 
with Sally Mae. We have a big loan, and they're constantly calling your phone, but you end up doing something else that it wasn't even what you went to school for. Why? Because did you take time to ask God, was that the career that you should take? And Joshua had the same attitude. He started having a pity party. And it kind of reminds me of my son. I don't know if you have guys seen Zachariah running around. He's the youngest out of the bunch. And he's so cute. But he's in a time of correction and molding. So he's someone that it's like, if I want it, I'm going to go get it. And if, I, if it doesn't come out the way I want it, and if you don't give it to me now, he has a tantrum. Or it's like, you know, sometimes I have to tell him, no, I'm like, no, you can only have one yogurt. You can't have three. And he gets mad and he throws himself on the floor and he starts crying and crying. And then all of a sudden, I notice that he started doing something. He'll cry and I'll try to ignore him. And then all of a sudden, he'll hit his head on the floor. And he's like, mama, I cry. Mommy, my boo-boo, mommy. And at first, in the beginning, I was like, oh, I know. Let me kiss it. Let me pray for it. Let me kiss your boo-boo. But now, I notice that he does it on purpose. And I'm like, no. You know, like, no, there's no way. You know, and sometimes that happens. It's like we go to God, we go complaining, and that's what that's what Joshua did. But what did, Josh, what did God tell Joshua? He told them in verse 10, he told them, get up. Why are you laying there with your face like this? You know, God is funny. You know, yes, he does miracles. He's powerful. He's our father. But he's also very humorous. And that's why he told Joshua. He looked at him. He's like, come on. Stop crying like a baby. Stop being like Zachariah. Get up. I'm not going to caress you. I'm not gonna tell you, oh, it's okay, let me kiss your boo-boo because you should have been seeking me first. And there's times where we stumble, when we hit our head and we want God to say it's okay, but there comes to a point when God is like, no, if you didn't seek me before doing what you're going to be doing, then I'm going to tell you no, I'm not going to pat you on your back. And it reminds me of this girl that used to be part of my subgroup many years ago. She went to her life class. She had an encounter with Jesus. God saved her life. Not only her life, but God saved her, her entire family. It was her, her sister, her mom started coming, even the grandma, the dad. And God did miracles after miracles in that family. But one day, they invited their neighbor. And this guy, he was like about, I think, 20, 21-year-old. And his, this girl, the girl that was part of my cell, she was only like 14 years old. And I noticed that it's like, I think they were like in a relationship. But I was like, no, it can't be. He's so much older. You know, like what's going on? And I asked her and she was like, no, I'm not in a relationship with him. And I'm like, okay. I believed her. But then I went to go speak to her mom. And the mom was like, yeah, they're in a relationship. But so what? She wants to be in a relationship. And I'm like, listen, you know, right now she just had her encounter with Jesus. Why don't you just allow her to fall in love with God first? Why don't you allow her to know God a little bit better and allow God to choose for her? But they didn't want to listen. And you know what happened? She decided to leave the church. And the whole entire family left the church too. So not only did her attitude, her sin affect her life, but it affected everyone around her. And that happened with Achan. 
you know, it's like his sin not only affected his life, but it affected his whole family because they all had to die because of the things that he stole. And it affected the people of Israel because a lot of them had fear again. It says that 36 men of Joshua's army died. And many times we think like, oh, you know what, but I'm in sin. It's my business. Who cares? Nobody's watching. But you know what? It is God's business. It is your family's business. It is your cell group's business. Because many times because of your sin, it can cause the whole entire, your whole entire circle to be affected. You know, and I believe that God gives us chances. But there comes to a point where he's like, no. Either you do it my way or that's it. And there's a solution for this. When we seek God face down, when we go into prayer, that's when he's able to help you. That's when he's able to fight for you. That's why in the beginning I read the verse that says he will fight for you. The only thing you need to do is be still. And to be still, it means to be in God's presence. It means to be praying before you make any decision. You should pray. You should ask God, God, is this what you want me to do? You know, we see the difference in the life of Joshua. We see, we can see his way and then we see the way he did it with God. Let's look at the difference. In Joshua 5, I'll read the verses you guys can follow along. In Joshua 5, 13 and 14, it says, when Joshua was near the town of Jericho, he looked up and he saw a man standing in the front of him with a sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and demanded, are you a friend or are you a foe? Neither one, he said. I am the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell to his face to the ground in reverence. I am not your commander, Joshua said. What would you want your servant to do. I'm at, I'm at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? So you see, it's like he was on his knees. He was with his face to the ground saying, God, you know, in his presence, God, what is it that you want me to do? How do you want me to defeat Jericho? You know, he sought God. He had his time in prayer because in those times is when God gives you the strategy on how to get out of your problem. In those times is where God speaks to you and gives you the way out. But then we see in chapter 7 that what did he do? He didn't seek God before he went to go defeat and fight against the, the men of I. He just went out and that's why. The men were defeated. Because I'm pretty sure if he would have spent some time in prayer, God would have showed him that there was a man from his army that had stolen from him that was disobedient. But before any decision in life, we should always seek to pray. We have to pray before making any decision. We have to spend time in prayer. That's the only way. You know, it's like God gives you a choice. He's like, go ahead, do it your way or do it my way. But I can guarantee you that if we seek God with all of our heart before making any decision, it's going to be so much easier. It's going to be, you won't even have to be defeated by your enemies. Then in chapter 8, the Lord finally responds to Joshua again. And he tells him, do not be afraid or discouraged. Take all your fighting men and go attack I." 
For I am giving you the king of I, his people, his town, and his land. You will destroy them as you destroyed Jericho and its king. But this time you may keep the plunder and the livestock for yourselves set and ambushed behind the town. The Lord told Joshua, don't be afraid. Don't lose hope because I will fight for you. I will help you defeat your enemies. He just told them, believe. You know, trust in him. You know, trust in me, Joshua. Have faith. And maybe... Joshua, I can imagine Joshua thinking, come on, like you want me to go back and fight with the people from I when they already defeated me? You want me to go out and go get my butt kicked again? Come on, God, you really want me to do this? And God is like, yes, don't be afraid. I will fight for you. And this also reminds me of a story in the Bible of Peter's life when he was fishing all day and all night. I, don't, I know that some of you guys know this story. And he had been fishing all day and all night, and he was casting out his net, casting out his net. But every time he'll bring it back in, he didn't catch not one fish. And I love fishing. That's like one of my favorite hobbies. It may not look like it, but I love fishing. I can spend the whole day fishing. And when we go fishing, you know, most of the times we catch fish, but one or two times, there's been a times that we don't catch fish. And my husband, if you guys know Willie, he's like, man, this day sucked, you know. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, honey, but at least, you know, we went all the way to Key West and it was fun. And he's like, no, man, this day sucked. We didn't even catch not one good fish. And I'm telling him like, oh, no, it's okay. But deep down inside, I feel the same way. I'm like, man, this day did suck. You know, we've been out here in the sun. We had to pay for a babysitter. We go all the way to Key West and not catch one good fish. So I can relate to Peter. I'm like, you know what, I understand exactly what Peter was thinking. But then the Lord is like, no, you have to try again. But this time, try my way. Cast the net out this way. And, and Peter is probably looking at Jesus and he's like, nah, man, I can't. You know how heavy this net is? And you want me to do it again? And the Lord is like, yeah, you got to do it again. And then Peter tells him, fine, if you say so, I'm going to do it. You know, at your word, I will lay down my net. At your word. That means when we're in God's presence, he gives you that word, that promise that's going to help you sustain yourself in times of difficulty. When you're in the presence of God, he gives you the perfect word that you need to make you know that it's going to be okay. To know that you're going to be able to overcome the enemy. So today I want to give you guys a word. In Psalms 37, 23 and 24. You guys can write it down and have it there. It says, the Lord directs the step of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall for the Lord holds them by the hand. And this word is so beautiful because it says, it's like, although you may stumble, you might make a mistake. I will never let you fall so deep that you won't be able to get back up. And every, and every time I read this verse, I love it. But it also reminds me of this video that one time I saw. I think it was like Facebook or something. Of this girl that her graduation was in a field. And she's walking. She's like, they call her name and her family is recording. They're like, yeah. I don't remember her name. Shanique or something like that. And they were like, yeah, come on. And she's there wearing these huge heels, like five inches. 
and it's like on the on the grass, and she has to walk to get her her diploma. She she starts walking, and at first she's walking straight, but then she starts to like stumble, and she's like about to trip, and the whole time she's like there about to fall, and then she does fall, but she gets back up because she knows that she has to go get her diploma, and she finally reaches her diploma, and that's what this verse is like. It's like yeah, sometimes you might stumble, you might make a mistake, but if I'm by your side, this time I will lift you up. I will help you get through this. You see, God uses your failures but to make it a victory. But those failures don't define you. Those mistakes, that sin doesn't define who you are. And God uses them to give you victory. He has used so many people in the Bible to give them victory. Just like the life of David. He, he was a failure in his immoral area. You know, he made a mistake. He fell into sin. But what happened? God still gave him victory. Then there's, there's so many stories. Like Jonah. You know, he was hiding from God. He got swallowed by a big fish. And in that time when he was in that big fish, he started crying out to God. And what happened? God heard his prayer. So it doesn't matter how many times we stumble. It doesn't matter how many times we fall. What matters is if we get back up and we believe that God can fix it for us. And these failures are just a stepping stone for you to get your victory. If you believe it, say amen. There's a saying, and I would like to finish with this. There's a saying that I'm not going to say who is it from, but I saw it on the internet. And it says, sometimes by losing a battle, you find a new way to win the war. Have you guys ever heard that before? I'm not going to say from who is from, but I loved it. I was like, whenever I was like, oh, man, this is so true. Sometimes we lose the battle. But that's just a, a new, it's like for us to find a new way so that we can win the war. And how many of you guys know that in this time we have to win South Florida? Amen? How many of you guys know that God is going to use you to win your cities? Amen? This is a time of conquering. And amen. Give that praise to God. And I wasn't sure if I was going to say this or not, but I know that the Lord is telling me to tell you this. You know, like I started in the beginning of the message speaking about my marriage. But, you know, in the beginning it wasn't all pretty and roses. You know how people have like that nice love story. Like, oh, I saw my principe azul. And, you know, for me it was a little bit different, you know. It was a little bit tough. Because I decided to do things the way I wanted to. I decided to choose for myself and to do it at my time instead of waiting for God's time. And that time, it became very difficult for me because we went into marriage. We used to fight so much. We used to argue all the time. We used, that took us to say hurtful words. We had bad attitudes. But God started fighting our battle. It came to a point that I was like, God, either you fix this or I don't know what's going to happen, but we can't keep bumping heads. So when we both decided to leave, to leave that battle in God's hands, he transformed our marriage. He made it stronger. So now when we have, of course, no, I mean, no relationship is perfect. There is going to be times where you might have, you know, an argument here or there. 
but we don't go to sleep mad. We don't take matters into our own hands. We've learned to fight the battle with Jesus. We go into prayer and we're like, God, I'm more like Holy Spirit, speak to him and show him that he's wrong. And I'm pretty sure he's there on the other side. Willie's probably on the other side saying the same thing. But then we both come and we're like, you know, I was wrong. And he's like, I'm wrong too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry too, honey. But now it's like, you see, God fights. God fights your battles. And it has to be in everything that you do. Not only in the relationship with your spouse or it's, but it's in your finances. It's in everything that you're going through at home. I know that maybe there's some of you going through battles at home and you're waiting for God to allow you to see victory in that area. But I believe that this week, God is going to do miraculous things in your life. And if you believe it, why don't you stand up and why don't we go into prayer believing that in this time, if we just allow God to fight our battles for us, we will see the victory in every single area of our lives, not only in our spiritual life, but in every area of your life. And I know that everyone here is ready to allow God to fight their battles. How many of you guys here are going through a battle in any area of your life, whether it's your finances, whether it's with your family, if there's anyone here, and if you know, want God to fight your battle, I want you guys to close your eyes. I want you guys to come to prayer. And you know what I love about God is that even though we mess up in the past, he always fix, he loves to fix things. You know, and I believe that there's some of us here that maybe there's something that God needs to fix in our life. And if you are one of those people, I want you guys to come to the altar because at the altar is where we can seek him. Here at the altar is where we can pray and say, God, I give you this circumstance. Lord, I give you this problem. I know that there's still some people back there that maybe you don't want to come up, but this is your moment. Just forget about the person next to you and start believing that God can fight the battle for you, that in this week you will see a miracle. And if you believe it, I want you to start praying with your own words. Start saying, God, forgive me if maybe I've been doing what I feel like doing. Forgive me if I've been fighting the battle the way I know how to do it best. But in this moment, Lord, I make a decision to come to you just like Joshua, Lord. Not complaining, Lord, but telling you, Lord, I humble myself before you and I give you this battle. I give you my problems, Lord. Come on, start praying with your own words. Start crying out to God because in his presence, he will give you the answer. In his presence, he will give you the solution to your problem. This is your moment for you to express to God everything that you've been hiding, those things that maybe you've done in the hidden. The Lord wants to bring them out today, and he wants to use your weakness. He wants to use that stumble to take you to see victory in all the areas of your life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Before you go, make sure to click the follow button so you never miss what's new. We would love to connect with you. You can follow us on Instagram at G12Church and share with us how this message has impacted you. Until next time.